This episode is brought to you by Netflix. Hold your carriage horses and tighten those corsets. Bridgerton is back. Longtime friends Colin Bridgerton and Penelope Featherington find themselves in quite the precarious situation. The wallflower is ready to bloom. But has Penelope truly pushed aside her feelings for Colin? Will Colin realize his feelings before another suitor takes Penelope's hand? This gentle reader can't wait to find out. Watch part one of Bridgerton only on Netflix May 16th. Hello and welcome back to the U Up Podcast. I'm Jordana Abraham. And I am Jared Freed. Great to see you, Jordana. Great to see you as always. Listen, once we, a week, uh, I, we're really getting to stay in touch. It's great. It, this is, I like our weekly check in. I like that we, we do like five minutes, but really we get to, you know, go over things in the first 15 of this podcast. <laughs> You know, how are you? How are you? You know, it, it is. I I listen to Jess's Zoom meetings a little bit like work ones. Do you guys have to do? Have you guys had like, does is there does every Zoom meeting start with like, how we doing everybody and everyone has to say the same things? Like, are you having that too? Pretty much, I guess. Um, yeah, it's like a little bit of that, like, oh, like a little like tiny anecdote about why some things are annoying and then you get right yeah. into it. And then sometimes that goes on for too long. And I'm like, listen, I've got another meeting at at one. So like, <laughs> I, I love this, but let's just get to the point of the meeting. <laughs> I feel like, it, yeah, this is, but I, I watch it from this angle, like, and I get it too with like Zooms that I start and like, it always has to get punctuated with some like non sequitur where it's like, eh, I guess the, the new normal. <laughs> um, All right, let's get to business. Like, right. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, it's just like, I, I, I would, there should be company mandates. Like I, if I were you, you know, as one of the betches, you should send out an email when we start no small the Zoom talk. meeting, no small talk. Like, would that well, make you sound bad? It can, or would it-, it can also be like kind of small talk though, before everyone gets, sometimes if I, my, my new thing is to arrive at like, the meeting's at 11. I try to arrive at like 11.02. So I'm like one of the last okay. people there. They've already <laughs> been doing the small talk. Sure. While I've been like figuring out where the link is. I, um, I think that's a great maneuver that no. all of our audience <laughs> should start doing. If you're getting right. invited to a Zoom, you show up two minutes late and you're good. You've right. missed. And then, and then they're like, okay, oh, Jordana's here. Like, let's, let's get like, it started. Everyone, everyone's here. Yeah. You become the non sequitur. You're the times are weird. Exactly. And now I uh, now I, I've been realizing I need to switch the background because the background always gets a comment. I realize I'm sitting in front of a bar cart and I'll always get some sort of comment that's like, oh, like what a like a Jordan's got like a, a serious get- like bar situation going on there. <laughs> and then I make the same joke about Mike's mixology habit. And then we like continue. On. You're, it's like you're doing a stand-up routine. Like it, it is. It, it's like, it's it, the it's same like questions. It's the same questions, the background. And it's like, it is one of those things that's annoying to hear, but you can't help doing it yourself. Like I, like right. if so, I if do someone, it too. Yeah. Yeah. I do it. Like if someone was like, Ooh, nice mirror. I'd be like, okay, okay. Enough with the mirror. Let's look. Right. You know, <laughs> I've then, already heard I, that one. I've, I've heard it. You, you know, we've done that. Like, but if I, was with someone on Zoom, I would look at their back. Like, I always, my go-to on, like, the Zoom happy hours that, that we did with, like, college buddies, my go-to has been to make fun of how everyone looks, like, where they look like they are. 
So like okay. we had one friend that was at his in-laws place and they were in a very like you could tell it was like a very live, laugh, love type of house. And <laughs> I was just like, oh, look at uh, Peter is is signing in from the inside of a dollhouse. And, and like the joke right. kills every time because you get the visual and you get the other, you know, so you get the whole thing set up for you. Speaking the of which, let me thing, turn on the light. Turn on the light. Well, you turn on the light. I want to let the listeners know. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Uh, we love doing this podcast. All you got to do, and it's a free podcast. We're giving you content. You're welcome. All you got to do is tell a friend. Make it your Instagram story. Let people know. They're looking for things to do right now and things to occupy their brain. And listen, there's a lot of anxieties. There's a lot of nights where you're thinking about the future. The weekends are long. So, Throw this podcast on. Let us take over your brain. We'll take the wheel. But there's someone else in your life that needs that too. So share it. Let people know. I agree. Also, also, we've begun putting videos on the You Up Instagram page. And I think what I've done with my with the J Train podcast and what I what we're doing with this podcast is we understand how hard it is to tell someone about a podcast. There's a lot of things. There's a lot of creators putting stuff out right now. So we know we're in a very crowded space. Your buddy who doesn't, you know, that does accounting, all of a sudden he's got a new funny accounting, you know, Instagram page. We get it. So we understand that when you say I had got a great podcast, they people get in defense mode. They're like, get the fuck away from me. I don't I'm not a podcast person. Just tag them in the video because I think the videos are big snippets where it's just one email. That's the cheese. You right. bring the mouse to the cheese, they nibble it up, they go to the Lincoln bio. We trust that they'll go to the Lincoln bio. But we put do. them on that Instagram page. That's a very easy way to like let people know. Hook them. And Hook then also em. rate rate review and subscribe because All um, that stuff. we still love that stuff. And Jared, I heard you I didn't get a chance to see, but I've heard incredible things about your live show that you had. It is and I'm doing another one, actually. <laughs> I'm doing awesome. another one tomorrow night. Um, if you want to come, ten bucks, uh, and and it's a live experience. It was a lot of fun. It was very cool. I bring on guests. I um, I, I t- pre-tape videos of me dancing. Like it's a little stupid. Like I'm just trying to like, you know, basically the one the man whole, show. It's a one man show variety show. I you know yeah. so. Uh, it's just one of the, I enjoyed doing it. Like I enjoyed doing this podcast. It was a very cool way to kind of differentiate the night. It made, it made Thursday different. So if you're out there and you want to come, uh, it's 10 bucks and you can find the link on my, uh, Instagram right now. It's right, right there. And right the now. best, so. the best part of these virtual events is that they can't really sell out cause they're virtual. So there's unlimited yeah. seating. So <laughs> Usually, if you hear Jared talk about his show the night before, it would be sold out. You wouldn't get to see it. Now exactly. you can see it. Um, well, the, get your the tickets. Beautiful, the beautiful feedback I got was that it gave people an opportunity to have a different type of social distance date. Oh, Instead of, that's cool. Exactly. Yeah. And yes. I didn't think of it that way. Instead of like the same old, like, let's FaceTime. Again, again, like I say with this podcast, let us take the wheel of your of your brain. It kind of like let me take the wheel of your date. Yeah. <laughs> so and and it, and I didn't even think of it that way, but it made it takes sense. Takes the pressure got, off. Took the people were messaging me. They're like, it was the perfect insert for what we needed as our as we're getting to know each other. So yeah, I saw that in a couple I emails actually. 
a couple of emails people writing into you up saying um that they you know this was a date idea for them and we'll we'll do i was gonna say we're gonna do a live show too so this will be another interactive fun dating show for you guys to watch i i i think when we do it we can do it in a way that is really special and awesome um and especially interactive because people have so many questions for us and we come on once a week like i got this dm and i wanted to ask you about this do you mind if we get personal right now before we get into the show let's do it let's get personal how's the quarantine sex Mm. saw a couple emails about that too yeah yeah. What are you, how's it going? Is it different? I'm, <laughs> I'm not, I don't need. I don't. Right? <laughs> you well. got quiet. Like I was like, okay, I want details. No, <laughs> I, I, I just want. Is it more? Is it less? Right. Because I think there's like, there's, there's. We have three types of listeners. We have single person. We mm-hmm. have in a situationship person, and then we have fully relationship person. Right. And whether they're married or living together or whatever. But and I think all three levels have this different idea of what the other levels are doing. Like I all yeah. these people that are single, like I do I have a lot of DMs are like, I've been alone in this apartment and I just need the minute I get out of touch. Yeah, I need to be touched. And I'm like yeah. I, and and then there's the situationship person that thinks like, well, you know, that there's a little like anxious about like what will this become be after before mm-hmm. and then the relationship person is thinking like is this what it is you know like so i think we can speak honestly are you having more sex in quarantine i think um i mean i haven't done an official count mm. but i would Hold say on, let me that get out my 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 <laughs> chart <laughs> it feels like it's kind of this it's like the same Okay. To be honest. I mean, I've I live I lived with him before. I mean, I imagine your situation is slightly different as you you see a lot more of. So did um, you have? Did you feel like you were having more sex when you weren't living together to living together? That's another question. Yeah, I mean, I think in the very beginning of any relationship, that's like the most sex you're ever going to be having in that relationship. Sure. It's the most yeah, exciting. It's like the new, I mean, and some, I forgot where I read this or I saw this, but essentially like when you're in a new relationship, it's basically like you are quarantining together. Like all you're doing is just hanging out alone and having sex. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I agree. Yeah. And then, um, I mean, living together, I think like, like anything that you do a lot with the same person becomes like, it's not quite as thrilling. You got to work a little harder to make it as exciting as it was. Yeah. Um, so I don't think that it's like, I mean, anything that's just as excess. I told, talked to you about, about this with like the cooking thing the other day in terms of like, we used to cook together on like Sunday nights and it would be like, great. Now it's like, yeah. we do this every night. It's kind of lost its luster. Well, now it's like, that, well, what the fuck do you want to eat? Cause like I'm well, making I, this I, and you're eating it or like you're eating nothing. <laughs> yeah. Or good luck. Yeah. Right. I, I, I think there's this misconception that like, you know, these couples that are in quarantine are just fucking all day long. And it's like, that's not happening. Right. And and uh, and I'm saying I'm not saying that I'm like like I think it's like it's definitely less sex than you'd be having without a quarantine. Like I I think like the what you just said is like such an important right. thing with like the how you know how do you go like you're not coming in from a day at work and going I'm home and then he's grabbing you. <laughs> like it, it's always when you're around someone like there it's tough to transition from you want to do you want to do steak fajitas tonight to let me fuck your brains out. You right. Know, like, there's no Yeah, especially no when you see the change. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's easier to do that when it's like the person's been away for a week uh, or a couple of days on business or something, and then they come back and you're like, oh, like I yes. needed this, and as opposed to like, oh, I yeah, I see you every day. If I we don't do this now, we can easily do this later. So it's I mean, kind of like, and, and, and I, also I'm not putting this on you know Jess. I'm saying she'll yeah. look at me and be like, yeah, and we can have sex, you know. And I'll be like, oh, you know, like, and I get, <laughs> and I'll be like, yeah, we can do that. That is an option for our day. Like I, right. I think like. You know, the quarantine when you're it, it is a lot. It's like the Disney, the old Mickey Mouse cartoons where it's the same thing in the background that keeps going past. And, right. and it's like the same background again and again. And it's like you never have a moment where like something shifts or there's to get you. You know, it, it's I, I think the toughest no part vacation, about right, well, they, I think people talk about like vacation sex a lot. And that's like a yes. real thing. Vacation Absolutely. sex is a real thing because it's like new surroundings. All the pressures are like kind of gone. You're just there to relax and like yes. sort of like everything around you is built to make that like happen. And this is kind of just like real life, probably with extra anxiety. Yeah. Um. So I think it could be less for me. I feel like it's like kind of the same just because Um. I mean, like we were it's not I think with with you, at least like you probably used to like travel a lot. You'd come back a little bit like absence makes the heart grow fonder like we've been living sure. together for a year um and so even if i didn't see him during the day like i would see him every night yeah. also so i think it's kind of the same as what it was before it's it, it is yeah i think like the less transitions you have the less opportunity there is to transition into sex like like i think like when we like go like i think for us when we go from dinner to like, are you tired? You're going to go to bed. Yeah. Let's get into bed. And then you're like, you're mm -hmm. still in like the dinner, like look that you were just in. Right. Yeah. <laughs> there's know? no like the outright. I agree. Like the transitions are like much more subtle than they were. Yes. Like I'm getting, I'm coming home in my like work outfit. And then like, that's my outfit for the evening. And then I change into like my, it's like what I it, there's the joke like I changed from my my day sweatpants to my night sweatpants like sure sure yeah that's yeah it, it's it's interesting because I got like a lot of people that were DMing being like they they were nervous and I'm like no I think I'm in you know people are wondering like am I do I think the the the, the like a, a lot of people sit there going is this what it is. And, you know, like, and I think that if they take comfort in hearing us be like, yeah, it is kind of yeah. what it is. It, it, right. it is kind of, you know, having to remind someone like, hey, I'm I'm here to fuck, too. Like, I think like <laughs> that that exists in relationships. I think like, you know, like I think that because I, I think it, it actually comforts me when I get an email being like. Yeah, so like it, it, things are tough and he, you know, my husband isn't really as charged up to have sex right now. And it's like. I get that where it's like he's probably anxious. He's got his own jobs. He's got his own career stuff that's going on. Also, like, you know, throughout the day, like you come in and it's tough to go from, hey, can you take out the trash to now let me lick your anus? Like, it's just like what a jump that right. is. I also think like even the smallest amount of like not seeing someone can really make you like that much more excited about it yes, so i think absolutely. that that factor is just totally gone now so it's like yeah there's not <laughs> like at least like even like honestly even going to work is like you're in a 
totally different environment from that person. You're doing your complete own thing. It gives you like a little bit of space to miss them. And that is kind of totally gone now. (laughs) I mean, I, I, we got in an argument because I'll, I think I said this before. I'll put on my headphones and just like listen to podcasts and just like kind of like disappear. Like Mm -hmm. my mind, just like the way I tell people about this show, I'm like, you know, I put on a podcast and I like, I just go away and like, she'll be on the, like on the couch being like, Hey, did you do? And I'll go, um, what? And then she'll go, she'll get so annoyed that I'm away. And I'm like, I, and I had this, I have to say like, I, that's what I need in my day. Like I do that to like get my mind off shit for me to think about writing a joke or putting it into the podcast or, you know, thinking of what I'm going to do for a live show. Like I need this trip away from my brain. And it sounds so fucking douchey when i say it because i'm like the artist needs to get his brain rested <laughs> and it's like and i'm like Massaged, yeah, but this is, yeah. you kind of forget what makes you you in a normal day like you you have to remind yourself like oh i did like my commute my right. commute gave me something my i'm more grateful the, for it yeah. sure my trip to the gym gave me something my my mindless you know, um, walk that I didn't want to do because I, you know, I hate, but I didn't want to call an Uber helped me in a certain way. And you have to like remind yourself of that. Right. And it's kind of funny because we've gotten into sort of a like similar situation where he'll be like, he'll also like to be doing work and listening to a podcast. And I'll be like, I'll think of something randomly to say to him. And then like, I get his attention and he's like, what? And I'm like, Supposed to be seventy two tomorrow. Like, <laughs> like you interrupted the whole right. flow, of, and I ha- I get so annoyed like, at that. Great, right. uh, and, and, and then I always go, I go, can I can I go back now? Right, can and I- then I'm like, why are you being rude? Yeah, this is the same exact fight. Okay, because I get, know. <laughs> yeah, I get so annoyed because I'm like, yeah, like there is there, like I I think like with any work, like when you're trying to do work at home. You can't just like the, I'll do work and then I'll go to my phone. I'll do the you know the mm. the spin around the apps and then back to work for forty five minutes. And it's like if in that forty five minutes someone goes, "Hey, it's gonna be seventy two tomorrow." Like you lift up and you go, uh, okay. Uh, "Okay," and now you're back to the phone. A loop around. You gotta like <laughs> charge yourself up, ready to go back to work. And it's like, yeah, I'm that annoying you, person. That's you never like, get yeah. to keep momentum when you're working from home. I, I think right. that's a big thing. But yeah, and it's hard to tell when someone else is like in the zone or they're just like, you know, <laughs> it, like not. ignoring you on purpose. Right. <laughs> Fifty high school senior girls descend on Mobile, Alabama, every summer to compete for a massive cash prize. It isn't Survivor. It's one of America's most lucrative scholarship competitions for teen girls. It's been around for seven decades. Now you'll hear what took place behind the scenes. From Pineapple Street Studios and Wondery comes the competition. Host Shima Oleayi was Nevada's contestant 20 years ago. Now she's returning as a judge to find out what two weeks with 50 of the country's most ambitious teens can tell us about girlhood in America. What happens when the competitors are thrown into the deep end with the best and brightest? And how does surviving the competition prepare them for everything that comes after? Follow the competition on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of the competition early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Do you want a bra that's sexy or a bra that's comfortable? Thanks to Third Love, you can have both. Third Love was started to take all the frustration, ick, and ugh out of bra shopping. 
That's why they make solutions for every bra problem, aka problems. Their bras make it easy to bring back perkiness you haven't seen since high school, get smoothing you know where, and have straps that actually stay put. Designed at their headquarters in San Francisco and made from premium materials, they put every style through hours of wear testing on real women, including themselves, before it's given the stamp of boob approval. Comfort and support are guaranteed. Plus, whether you're a double A cup or an H cup, their virtual fitting room will help you find your perfect fit fast. They even invented half cups. No more feeling stuck between two cup sizes that don't fit. It's time to get your problems solved. Visit thirdlove.com and get $15 off your order with code PODCAST15. What are we talking about today? So we get a sort of variation of this question from time to time, and I'm wondering, I'm interested to know your take. So it's about your thoughts on couples that need to be engaged before they live together. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if you know anyone who's sort of gone by that rule or encountered it. Yeah, I, I mean, I've heard of it. I, I Like, I've heard of it. Like, that makes me sound like, <laughs> yeah, I've heard of these religious idiots. Uh, no, no, no. I, yeah. No, I, I'm aware that some people have that rule. Um, I, to me, I don't prescribe to that, obviously. I'm living with someone I'm dating, um, mm-hmm. and I'm not engaged. So I, I don't... I wouldn't personally live with someone before... I, I mean... Yeah. You wouldn't, you, mean wouldn't, you wouldn't get engaged before you lived with someone. I wouldn't get engaged before I live with someone. Um, I do understand that, like, I, I have a friend. I don't know if we talked about this before, but, like, he told me, he was like, the biggest change you go through as a guy is moving in with someone. So, like, he huh. was like, the engagement's not going to change your life. The wedding won't change your life. The kids the, might. Well, he even said, he goes, <laughs> kids just add pampers to the grocery list. Like he's like, but that (laughs) like that shows how easy it is to be a man. But like that is, (laughs) that is like the only transitional period that we really have as far as like what's going to be different. You know, he, he even he, him and I had like a long conversation about this. He's like, when you move in, like that is the biggest change in the relationship. Like he's like, kids will change it. But he was like, I he he was saying he's like the move-in doesn't get the credit that it deserves. So with that being said, like I don't like getting engaged won't change anything for me, but getting moving in is a certain type of engagement. Like right. at, at a certain point, like we just rearrange the pool chairs, you know, the deck chairs. Like y- you moving in before you got engaged, me moving in before I got engaged. It's the same transition as getting engaged and then moving in to me. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like Because you can cancel that? Is that what you're... Be, I'm saying like you have to do these steps anyways. You just took the more intimate step first. Do you understand what right. I'm saying? Well, like, it's like, well, it's kind of like you're making the promise before you try anything out. In a certain sense, I don't think you're making... You know, like, like to me, like an engagement, engagement is like a promise. It's like saying, like, I, sure. I promise that we're getting that that, that we're, we're get getting married. married. But also, <laughs> a move in is a I promise that we're moving towards engagement, isn't it? For some, I mean, like some people don't have that discussion, so I think it. I, I don't think I anyone think it, does. I don't think like I didn't right. have that in discussion with Jess. I wasn't like, and when we move in, this means a big thing. But it's a, I think it's an implied big thing. Like I is didn't that, just move. Is it implied for all men? Yeah, I, I, I would say most. I, I don't think any, mm-hmm. 
guy moves in with the idea that like yeah like there's this thing that happens oh, in new york right. that, that well, is i need very, a roommate <laughs> i need a roommate and it's like no that's that's a lie it's like oh you know it helps on rent like there's this like thing where like when people are afraid to get dumped or to admit that they're in a serious relationship they blame the whole move-in on the new york city financial responsibilities right. of rent and it's like you know, like my girlfriend kind of did that to me. She's like, well, the rent's coming up. You know, like she, she did kind of. Yeah, the lease for now. The, yeah. the lease. And, I, and, and you know, it, it gave me a, a date to work towards. But like it wasn't like I, I was always on board with like, hey, I'll, you, if you want to go month to month, then that's what you got to do. Like I, I, I kind of and I even said I was like, I'm not going to pay. You know, there was a point where she wanted to move to a different apartment while I had my other apartment. And I was like, I'm not doing that. Like, mm. I'm not paying two rents. I'm not going to do that. And it's like, I have to, I have a line of things that need to get done before we move in. So I do understand, though, that New York City, especially people do the thing where they're like, well, we, you know, both our rents came up. And it's like, yeah, the, that might be what got you there. But like, there is the implicit agreement that this is more serious than it right, was this the is day a before. serious thing yeah yeah all right well i'll read the the email we can see if we can help this particular listener hi jj huge fan of the podcast thank you for all the entertainment and advice especially during this quarantine time i'm having a moral dilemma during this quarantine with my boyfriend when los angeles went on lockdown i just basically never left his place and now i've only ever lived with my boyfriend during corona and thankfully it's been great I cook, he barbecues, I've learned to share the remote, redone his office, and even started an herb garden in my boredom. This, sounds, really get a- <laughs> the, this is the most L.A. email right. ever. Like, oh, we the barbecue. Things are hellish in, our, in L.A. We barbecue, we have an herb garden. Can you imagine this quarantine life? Like, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> we, we really get along and have enjoyed this time but what happens when this is all over when this all began we had been dating about nine months and had already discussed moving in together and the next steps in our relationship but i have one hesitation i come from a conservative jewish family that does not support living together before a ring at least engagement and although i'm an adult who believes everyone should do what's best for their own relationships i would like to respect their wishes and start this next chapter of my life off with my boyfriend on the right foot with my parents during the six-week week period, we've had some serious talks about the future, and he has brought up many times that when this is all over, he doesn't want me to go back to my, my place. I don't really want to go back either, but I've made it clear that I don't want to live with my just boyfriend indefinitely because coronavirus hasn't changed me or my family's moral morals and values. He says well, that he understands... Well, I'm sorry to interrupt, but her... She needs to get off the high horse she's sitting my on morals. right now. Yeah, you, right. Her what morals. Because What does this have to do with morals? Well, it, even if it does, she's living with her boyfriend. Like, her morals didn't... All, all of a sudden, a pandemic changes the morals, you know, the levels of her morals. Like, I, I, like, I understand what she's saying, and it's like, but you're doing it right now. Like you're legitimately living right. with your boyfriend. It's like Just saying because, I can't do this while you're doing this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I, I kind of don't. It's like considering anal sex not having sex. <laughs> it's a little <laughs> bit. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like there's fucking insertion going on right now. Right. And you, you know, you guys, I. So I, I okay, well, go on. I'm sorry because it, it annoys me because it's like I, I, I appreciate her email, but it annoys me because like. She's 
to me, she's doing like like what a lawyer would do to get you in trouble. <laughs> like, well, she's using this to do a little it sounds like contract negotiation. Yes. Um, he says he understands and quote unquote wants to do the right thing and make me feel comfortable, but doesn't know how he can do that right now with everything going on. So my question is this, do I make an exception believing he will take the necessary steps when he can thinking of an appropriate timeline in my head, taking into consideration that the pandemic will add to it? Or do I go back to my place at some point and wait it out? I can't help but hear my mom's voice in the back of my head saying, why buy the cow when you can have the milk for free? I know old school, but do you think there's any truth to that? Sincerely, secret live-in girlfriend. So it sounds like it's a secret to her parents that she's doing this. Yeah, or it's some sort of like... Well, I mean, right in, now... Inappropriate he's, thing. Well, right now, he's he's got the cow living at his house, and he's sucking the udder and drinking all the milk he wants. So I, 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 like, I, I understand... But I think, I think when you put... And I've heard that phrase before and I used to sort of like in some ways think or subscribe to it, but it really makes it feel like, like, is that how you really think about the, the relationship as like this exchange of like, yeah, they, of like it's, I'm going to like, like, <laughs> like that you have to, that really implies that you need to like manipulate and like, and like withhold in order to get what you want, which is sort of like the opposite of how you should look at a relationship. Yeah. And I, I understand like everything she's saying, like, it's not like, She's speaking an alien language like, right. yeah, I could see a, a like a, a conservative Jewish parents. Uh, they don't want you to live with a guy. They're worried. You know, the parents come from this angle that sounds really bad with the milk for free line. Like they sound bad, but it comes from a good place. They're like they're just worried about their daughter, um, you know. Well, being they're worried a, about this this phenomenon, which is like, you know, there's someone who winds up living with a guy for like years on end and there's no real push for him to like take the next step that's what they're i guess in a sense worried about is that someone like is someone not having any motivation to well it, it, it her parents with that being said that's a lack of respect for their daughter's um individual responsibility for herself and how she can her like sustainability as a person it also has a lot uh, a lack of respect for his uh, you know, wanting the next step, him wanting kids, you know, and I think like, to me, I'm not going to like, we're not going to change her parents' minds on whether they should live together or not. But her mind seems to be okay with living with her boyfriend. Like she, she's doing it. She's right. literally doing it. So it's not a moral. It's not she, like, she's like, I shall go by the Torah and shall <laughs> not live with like, she, you know, she found an, a way to rationalize in her head that like, okay, well, cause it's a pandemic. What are we going to do? Not see each other. Like, and then she's moved in there. Like I would say to her, like so much of this is implied. Like, Hey, I think I'm going to let my, I think we should move in. Okay, great. When he agrees to move in, he's agreeing to get more serious. When you say, right. and, and when you have a conversation with someone, well, do you ever want to get married? Yeah, of course, if it's the right person, the right situation. Okay, when do you think you want to be married by? Like, these are conversations that you avoid when you put, like, this buy the cow milk for free, you know, uh, I will only live right. with someone. Right, my mom's rules, yeah, yeah, whatever, yeah. She's avoiding difficult conversations that are, you know, us talking about it, like, 
we sound like it's an easy thing, but it's not easy. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, for her to say to her boy, like, it, you know, if she's living with him six months and she's like, and, and he says, I never want to get married. And then she keeps living with him. Whose fault is that? Right. Or yeah, I'm saying like, if you have a conversation with someone before you officially move all your stuff in or like really, really live with them or like make it a conscious decision, if you have, if you can have that conversation of like, well, how long do you feel like someone should be dating before they, they decide to get married? Like you can't avoid that conversation with these rules, kind of like what you just said. Yeah. And like that's a com- that, right. That is a conversation I think you should have with someone before you do move in with them. Yeah, absolutely. So it's like, you know, the, you're not going to change. If someone looks at you in the eye, like if, if you looked at me, if I was like, Jordana, let's move. Uh, how do you feel about marriage? And you looked at me and you go, I never fucking want to get married. I don't believe in marriage. I don't believe in kids. I would look at you and go, okay. Well, if my first thing would go, okay, then we're not the match. Right. But I, but there's a lot of people out there that hear that and they go, well, he did say he doesn't believe in marriage, but he does believe in courthouse. Like, you people make these like like they're right. You have to like judge if someone's willing to say certain information to you, they mean more than they say. So like if if like you if I said to you, let's uh, how do you feel about marriage, and you're like ah, I don't know, I don't think marriage is for me, but who knows. I would think I would assume that you mean you don't want to marry me like I like right. it, it, through that conversation like yeah. to say that to someone means more than just that like so like I think like she has to be oh you know a lot of our listeners and a lot of our emailers want this black or white answer and nobody is ever going to give that to you is my point like what do you think is her what the black or white answer she wants to know is like as soon as you can get a ring are you going to get a ring and propose to me yeah if i decide to move in in with you that's that's what she wants to hear that's that's really what she wants yeah yeah and i would say to her that to me like that's not how i want to get married to someone that's not how Mm -hmm. i want to get engaged to someone i don't want to feel like i'm being boxed in a corner i want to feel like someone on the other side has like you always have to be willing to walk away you can never right. be in a relationship that you don't feel comfortable walking away from and i know that's that true. sounds any like contract ca- any contract that, that's counterintuitive but like yeah. it is like again when jess and i moved in together like i said to her i'm like i'm not paying two rents that was where i kind of like drew the line and she was like well it comes up on this date. I go, I will try to like look into selling the apartment, look into like renting it out. And if those things come along, I will make the decisions that come along with those things. But like to be, I think you have to always be sitting at the relationship negotiation table going, Hey, I can't wait. I I think I'm going to like for this woman, if I were her, if your morals are such an important thing and that's what on your list of things, this was a lot of fun for the quarantine. I'm moving home. And you know where I stand. Like, yeah. And I think you should make it. She should make it about her and not her parents. Because I also think that if you're like, if you need permission from your parents to do something, you're not ready to be in a serious enough relationship that you're getting engaged or moving in with someone. If it's like, if you need approval on certain aspects of your life in order to move forward, that to me signifies that you're not really acting like a true adult. So, but if that's, it's okay if those are her morals or her standards, but she should own them as her own and not like place them on this 
exterior. Well, she even does it thing. in her email. I don't want to. I don't want to move back either. But I have made it clear that I don't want to live with just my boyfriend. If that's how you strongly, truly feel, time to go home. Like you know, go live at your right. apartment. You guys will go back to being boyfriend girlfriend. He knows what makes this go forward. He either does it or he doesn't. And after a few months, you'll go. You might get tired of this and realize this isn't the match for you. You know, you it, it, it's 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 one of those things where she's it's it, the reason I don't trust this email is because it feels like she's saying a lot of things to get him to either get shit or get off the pot. Like where, you know, a lot of relationships may not be ready for that. May He might be uh, have his own feelings. Like what about his feelings on moving in with someone? What about his feelings on, so is your parents' wishes greater than your partner's? Right, which is why I'm saying, like, I think she should take her parents completely out of the equation if I were her. Yeah, well, then she takes it out of the obviously, equation. Obviously what, easier what, said than done. Yeah, it's easier said than done. But also, she takes them out of the equation. Let's say she goes, I personally, I don't want to live with my boyfriend. I want to live with someone I'm engaged to. What do you say? I would say she should leave like now then because she's doing that. Yeah. Like, kind of like you said. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. I don't know. It. I think a Seems lot a of times. a little hypocritical. A lot of times we say these things uh, that are like, we know pushes people into a corner. And I think like mm-hmm. a lot of it becomes where it's our putting our own problems on someone else. Like right. to me, she's put all these problems on her boyfriend. Like, uh, you know, and, and for her, she's just going to go along for the ride. Like I, that's where I kind of don't buy her side of things where it's like, like, so don't you, when do you make a decision to leave? You know, it's all, right. it, well, I think I think it's totally okay to ask someone before you move in with them again. Like, um, do where do you see this going? Like, I see like when I move when I when I personally when I move in with someone, like I'm thinking that like that this is a good test to see how we do do together as a couple. And then like if all goes well, like I would expect within a year to two years that we would be engaged and getting married. How do you how do you feel about that? I mean, and that yeah. seems it seems like a crazy thing to like. It, it seems like a scary thing to ask, but I think it's the kind of thing that you have to ask. Yeah, and at a certain point, you're just avoiding getting the answer you don't want to hear. Like, right. you know, if, if someone... And, and, and seeing if they're willing to move on their expectations, because someone could come back to you and say, oh, like, I wasn't planning on getting married for, like, another, like, five years at least. Sure. And you could say, well, like, I that that timeline is, like, is, like much too long for me. I don't really see myself dating anyone for that long before yeah. getting married. And then you can, I mean, that's how you figure out if you're on the same page. I would like, like this woman writing in, I would be more attracted to her saying at the end of the quarantine going, right, I'm going to go move back home. than I would be her saying to me, well, what now? And now I have to like, be the fucking you know cruise ship director that like plans out the next step for us like like if she was like right. oh okay you know i just you know this was nice for the quarantine you know i don't live with my boyfriends um i'm only gonna live with someone i'm engaged to i gotta go at least i know that she has a line in the sand i know where she stands i know that i'm not just getting this like uh this like contract lawyer speak to like fool me into something Cause that's what it feels right. like from this email. Like, like, if, like that's what it feel from this email feels like. She is using all of these other things to get him into a decision that she wants him to make. 
And it's like when you go do when you drive your own bus, when you go, hey, this is who I am. That's more attractive. That's actually something that like that you want to be with, that you want to work with someone on. Right. When someone's like, this is what I want. Are you willing to like work with me to get there? And then. Right. It's okay to like have a standard or have needs, but I think it's like you said, it's better to just state, state them directly than like trying to. And again, I think the manipulative thing also like ties into that statement that she had, she said at the end about like getting the cow. Yeah. Buying the cow. If the milk's for free, it's kind of like, that's not how you want to like set up the foundation of your relationship (laughs) as like some sort of like barter system for like needs and wants and goods and whatever. Like I knew. uh, Yeah. Like they're at the rehearsal dinner and he's like, I knew I wanted to get married uh, to this young woman. When my supply was cut off. (laughs) When I I knew I wasn't going to be fucking anymore. So thank (laughs) you all for coming tonight to this beautiful wedding. Like, yeah, I agree. There's no better feeling than spinning around in a salon chair to see your hair looking absolutely perfect. But it feels impossible to come up with that same look at home. Even the best blowout brush won't give you that salon shine. Thanks to Vegamore, sticking to my hair routine has never been easier, and I'm finally seeing the shinier, healthier looking hair that I've always wanted. Now I love the way my hair looks and feels. It's like salon fresh hair that starts at the roots. I have the Grow Hair Serum, and I can already tell that it's working. Like my hair feels healthier. I love that it doesn't make my hair feel oily or sticky. I feel like I'm doing something really healthy for my hair. I also got to try the lash serum and the brow serum. Honestly, my hair has been hard to grow. So I love what Vegamore is doing and I'm already seeing results. I'm already seeing thicker, faster growing hair. Vegamore products are 100% cruelty free and are never formulated with potentially harmful chemicals like parabens or hormones. When it comes to seeing results, the key is consistency. For best looking results, use for a minimum of three months for visibly fuller, healthier, and thicker looking hair. When I sign up for monthly subscription, I can get one bottle or three bottles sent. Plus I save more and I never run low on the products I need to take care of my hair. Give your hair the power of a little pink bottle with Vegamore. For a limited time, you up listeners get 20% off their first order by going to vegamore.com slash UUP and use code UUP at checkout. That's V-E-G-A-M-O-U-R.com slash UUP, code UUP to save 20% on your first order. V-E-G-A-M-O-U-R.com slash UUP, code UUP. You know that feeling when you're going on your first date with the person you've been seriously crushing on and realize you have absolutely nothing to wear? Maybe you find yourself wishing you had the perfect pair of jeans, the one you can fancy up, fancy down, and just look better every time you wear them. Well, that's why you need to check out Lee Denim. I love Lee Denim. I'm wearing them today in the office. I'm wearing their jeans. I love, they also have this other pair that I have at home that I'm really excited to wear. It's like a little baggier, but it's still so comfortable and yet it's still so flattering. I don't know how they do it. Every time you wash it, they also look even better. And I love that they flatter every body type. Denim trends come and go, but Lee is legendary for creating denim cuts that fit your body. Their denim gets better with age and their classics fit into every look. Lee's denim jacket is the one to reach for without fail. A classic. The Ryder jean jacket is the OG, what every other brand has copied for decades. Everyone is an icon in their own right and Lee makes denim so people can own their style and feel good in their clothes. Their spring collection is here, so get the freshest looks and cuts before anyone else. You can find your Lee fits by visiting lee.com. That's lee.com to shop spring looks now. Let's do some awkward sex. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Send in yours. UUP at Betches.com. UUP at Betches.com. Hey, J&J. 
Love the podcast. It makes my week every week. I'll just get right into my awkward sex story. I've been seeing this guy on and off since October, and since quarantine has started, we have spent a lot of time together. The sex is usually great, except for this one, uh, this one the other day. He told me he wanted to finish in my mouth. <laughs> this is so romantic. <laughs> you could hear Jess in the background just go, oh. <laughs> He told me he wanted to finish in my mouth. I said, okay, because once in a while, that doesn't really bother me. So I'm giving in, uh, giving him head, and he starts to come, and then there's a lot of liquid. And I'm thinking, holy shit, how much is he going to come? Then I realize, oh, my God, he's pissing in my mouth. <laughs> I, I immediately stop. And spit up everything. And I'm not going to lie, it was gross. He's still pe- he is still peeing and pees all over me and in my hair. I just sat there and didn't know whether to cry or laugh. Uh, he started apologizing immediately and felt horrible. I just went right into the shower. I took probably the longest shower of my life and chugged a beer with hopes that the alcohol might kill <laughs> any grossness. I brushed my teeth for a solid five minutes and did a ton of mouthwash before bed, too. I was able to laugh about it the next day, and it honestly gives me uh, some good quarantine content on the bright side. At least we both thought it was horribly gross, and peeing on each other isn't a weird fetish of his. Well, you think. He is buying me tacos for Cinco de Mayo today, so I guess that's a good thing. Thanks for the laughs, and I would love to hear your thoughts on this. Do you think it's his fetish and this was like a th- giant lie? I think that I think it would be so funny if this was like if he like he was like trying this out and then he saw that she was grossed out and he was like, "Oh my god, <laughs> what what is happening?" Like, gross. Oh, how could I? <laughs> ew, 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 ew. Right. Ooh, sorry. She's, done, she's like, "Okay, good. At least we're on the same page." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She just assumes it's not a weird fetish of his. Like, I don't know. I've is never this it? like Could this happen? I don't, I don't know. The, I don't know really male physiology. Like, yeah. Is that possible? I, I, that it was an accident? I would have to be really fucked up, I think. Like, I, I don't know. I've never really peed. I, I've heard of guys peeing when they thought they were coming. Like, that's not, that's not something okay. like that's wildly out of like, you know, like I've heard those stories before. I've never had gotten a blowjob and then been like, ah, thank well, God. Isn't it true that like you can't pee while you're like hard or something? You can. Isn't that a thing? I, I know it's two different hoses. I mean, there's a doctor listening being like these fucking idiots. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I, I mean, how many? I've had a boner and then had to pee in the morning with morning wood. And it's the most annoying thing in the world. You wake up with wood and then you run to the bathroom because you got to pee so bad and you have to like p like you're a capital c like you have to like go into a v to try and like get the p to go in the toilet and now you're just like ass out penis like trying to like get it to the right you know angle to try and pee and it goes everywhere so like you can pee with a boner have you i mean then i would assume i would have heard more stories about men like peeing inside of women you would think i i was always i remember like you know when you hear something when you're like 13 14 and you just yeah. like believe it and it's like right. you'll never forget like i remember, the, I remember a, the blue balls thing was like that kind of thing where i'd be like ball. 
You know, it's like the big rumor that was started by men that like they were in physical pain if you didn't like <gasps> yeah, give them a every hand time job. We, every time we talk about this in the podcast, one angry dude DMs me like, no, blue balls fucking suck, man. So maybe they affect people differently. I've never been like in ball pain from not right. fucking like it's always <laughs> it always felt like this like big performance that men put on. Um, I I was I was told growing up by one of my idiot friends that like you last longer if you have to pee while you fuck. Mm, because that's not true. I don't know because it uh, supposedly it would take your mind off of having to come because there's this other thing going where you're holding in pee, but you're also hard. I and and so I've had moments. <laughs> that's funny. It reminds me of like. You know, the best way to stay harder for longer is to have like a big work assignment due the next day so you can concentrate on that yeah. and then you don't come as quick. <laughs> exactly. Listen, men, you don't know, uh, you don't understand. Like the thinking about baseball is like the one like, you know, that's like, yeah, okay. you, I, I name the players of the Mets to not come or I think of a grandma. Like the amount of lengths men go to to not embarrass themselves by coming early is just crazy. Like, that's why the whole like men don't want women to come thing is always like annoyed me because it's like we don't want to come early. Like, like we don't right. like the, for the most part. Growing up, we I know we do a lot of selfish things, but like we're trying. We're we're thinking of baseball and old women when we should be thinking of enjoying you. <laughs> you know, like right. our very old self- relatives. Very selfless. That's right. We are heroes. But um, no, I I this. I would think that the only way that this could happen is if he's drunk. She doesn't say he's drunk, but I know. like, what do you call um, this? What is the uh, liquid surprise? I don't know. You're in milk, milk, some- lemonade. This is where <laughs> babies are made. What is that? That's I never heard that one. What was the? What's the rhyme? The lemonade rhyme. Oh, I'm gonna get thirty DMs. I don't think I've heard that one. Is that a Boston thing? Uh, the lemonade <laughs> rhyme is the sex lemonade rhyme. I don't know. You're you're in over your head. <laughs> I like that. That's really good. Um, I I would call this the go the golden shower surprise. Oh, that's good. The um. Um, uh, pissy penis. Um, uh, <laughs> the the guy who the secret fetish that he got to live out. Yeah, I don't know. It's like, has this ever happened to you? Have you ever been peed on? Peed? No, I haven't. Have you? Um, n- I have. In like when I've I've had girls that have slept over who pee the bed because they were drunk. Right. Yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah. So like I, um, I I was I remember in college um a couple instances where we'd both be drunk and then like I remember like waking up in the morning being like is that me peeing on myself? And then I was like, "Oh, it's you know, like n- realizing it was right. the person then I would like jump out of bed." Like I have that memory. If you uh so is this a red flag for you or a deal breaker if you went you were going down on a girl and then she peed all over your face and in your mouth? <laughs> uh it's I mean, I got to say it's always kind of hot. I always have that moment where I know I shouldn't say it. 
But like the idea that like, see, I think like to me, what, what wouldn't be hot? What wouldn't I don't know. Be hot? I, How I, listen, far would it have? To, she we, takes a, a huge shit on your head. Is that the- we we do this exercise every week where I like kind of embarrass myself because I want to <laughs> answer this honestly every time. Like to me, like the idea that like this is his secret fetish and he gave it a shot. Like I like it's kind of like I I don't know. Like I I, I don't know if that's a like you a wouldn't dangerous feel demeaned thing. at all. I I feel like I would feel a little disrespected. See, to, uh, of course, I I understand the disrespect part of it. I also understand that, like, I think it's hot when someone else thinks it's hot. Like it, like I I think like that's like my role playing would always be your desires getting like coming to life. Whatever okay. those may be for you, you know, like I think, like I think, there's a lot of men that are in that position where they're like, you know, I, I, the, the old, I've said this about sex all the time, but like with relationship sex, with any sex that you've had with someone before, it's like, what do you want to do? 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 Missionary, you know, like it's like because the two parties, whenever someone says, what do you want to do, it's just that person hinting that they want, they have something on their mind they want to do. Right, but I think for certain things they require a level of discussion first. Absolutely, like this is this that. Would be no, one no, of them. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not endorsing. Please, <laughs> I'm not endorsing. You know, surprising your mate with peeing on their face like I, that would be horrible. I'm saying like if. I guess I I wouldn't break up with the person. I I'd be in her shoes. I'd be like that was ridiculous. That was funny. Um, I would have a beer. I would do the same thing she did. I would be you know that scene in Ace Ventura when he's brushing his teeth in the shower, uh, mm-hmm. you know, like that would be me too with the P. But if it came up in a scenario where I walk into the bedroom and she has tarps out everywhere and is like, Jared, we got to talk. I would go, all right, you're not going to chop me up and kill me. Okay, good. Like I would be like, okay, oh, let's, let's hear it out. I got an email the other day um, where the the woman wrote in that her boyfriend wanted to come on her face. I, I mean, that's a fairly common request, and, and I think. She goes, she was like, I feel that's demeaning. I don't want to do it. And I'm like, and my response to that, is, and she goes, but I do want to fulfill his sexual desires. And I was like, well, you you really fucked that one up because... When you like when someone comes out to you with their ideas for what they want to do and like if like if this guy sat her down and was like without you know obviously without surprising her with a big piss in the face if mm-hmm. he was like listen this is my thing I don't know where it came from it snuck up on me too I didn't know I'd like it but I've been whacking off to this type of porn like if you walk away from that discussion going you're demeaning me like then you don't you're not really having well, a discussion like it's tough to like with all these right, like yeah. I think you can turn something into a discussion, but still say that you're not comfortable doing it. Oh, at, like just absolutely. Right. That's that's what I mean. Like, right. you know what I, like when someone comes to you with their thing, yeah. you can a, a, you can go. That's cool. I, I I think it's nice that you're into things, right? But that's not for me. That's a that's a different thing than going. You idiot, loser, crazy person. Right. Yeah. Well, that's what you, like you kind of say with the other stuff, like drive your own bus. You decide what works for you. If it were, if something that works for them is something you're down to try, that's great. If not, 
and it means a lot to them, maybe you won't be like the best match. <laughs> yeah. But but it is interesting um, yeah, to think. I agree. I agree. Like you can think that it you could not want to do something because you do think it's demeaning. I wouldn't voice that to the person who told that that to you. You could just would, have your I, own. Well, you could I just say, could, I don't feel comfortable doing that. that. That's just not for me. I, I think you yeah. can think it's demeaning, but I think like to make them the you're a demeaning person for getting off to that. It's like not really that fair. Right. No, I agree. I think you can you can put it in terms of you. Like I, if I did that, I don't think I'd feel good about myself or something. Is this, is this a red flag or deal breaker for you? Um, I think it might be a deal breaker with no really? warning and no, I mean, it depends like how profusely apologetic they would be. I feel like that would be like, I would but he feel says a little it's violated. A mistake. It's a total mistake. If they Not, were like really, really insist, if I really believed that, yeah. if all the evidence um, pointed that we're way. Having we're having trouble believing this right here. Right. If I truly believe that, it would be a red flag. Um, if I think that there was any chance that they did that not somewhat intentionally i do think it would be a deal breaker i would feel i would feel in that sense i would feel vi like yeah kind of like violated <laughs> yeah i i guess if i was i there has to be discussion before there has to be right and i would you would have to really believe that the person like didn't mean to just like throw that on you she called herself potty mouth which is hilarious let's <laughs> do some good. emails you ready i'm ready all right i'll read this one hey j and j Great pod. I listen weekly and share with all my friends questions for you about dating quarantine. Is it okay for someone to be mad at you for not wanting to hang in person during quarantine slash break the shelter in place to see them? I went out with a guy three times pre-quarantine. One, date one, drinks. Date two, concert. Date three, dinner and hooked up. Date three was the day before um, shelter in place took effect. Now it's been six plus weeks of shelter in place. We have We've kept talking and now text slash DM every day and FaceTime two to three times a week. Every once in a while, he asked me to come over and I kind of play it off. But we have also had a real convo about it before where I told him I take this seriously. And although I do, I do like him, I want to respect the shelter in place order slash public health need. Fast forward to us texting normally yesterday. And he says, so when are you going to actually hang out with me again? This is getting ridiculous. Then he dug in more. Uh, we, can, we can still see each other. You were just choosing not to. Um, am I doing something wrong by still talking to him during the quarantine if I don't plan on seeing him until after it's over? Also, should I judge him for pushing me or keep in mind that everyone is having a weird and lonely experience and cut him some slack? Thank you so much, sheltered in just my own place. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about this? I think it's like a little bit of a red flag if anyone wants something so badly that they're like starting to get like a little bit aggressive about it. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, I think it's like, I mean, and anecdotally, I've heard of like, I've heard of guys, I mean, I've, I've no guys who are like not interested in like people who do not want to meet up with them or mm -hmm. do not want to like sleep with them or hook up with them. And I think it's actually like, this is a kind of like a nice little test to see which guys are mostly in it for that. Yeah. And who don't really care about like what your personal need or anxiety is around seeing someone. Yeah, when I the the line. So when are we actually going to hang out with me again? Like that line is so interesting to me because I've gotten that text from people I've hooked up with that I didn't want to uh, that I didn't want to see. You know what I mean? So like, okay. 
Um, and like where like I've gotten a text from like if I hooked up with a girl and then I would get the text like, so when are you actually going to hang out with me again? And then this is without quarantine. And right. I would be like, I would be like, oh, man, how do I avoid this while having them maybe, you know, while not being like having to have a breakup talk right now? It you know? sounds like she does kind of want to see him, though. But that's the interesting part to me is right. that, you know, I'm trying to decipher, is this guy just really insecure? Like, because I've gotten those messages. Like, I think a lot of people like I'm trying to look at it from his side where it's like when he writes, so when are you actually going to hang out with me again? The this is ridiculous thing I, I think is like a douchey thing to write. I agree with you where it's like if right. he's lashing out in this way and then he dug in more, we can still see each other. You're just choosing not to like, you know, there's a weird line of like, is this his lack of confidence showing or is it his, I just need, need to, to fuck you. <laughs> You know, like, you know, so like because there is these people uh, where they need certain mile markers to know someone likes them. And I, I, I get this a lot with like the emails that we receive. And I had this, you know, like it, like where it's like, well, if I don't if I'm not on the second date with them, then how do I know that they're or like if we're not at this level on this date and we're three months in, but I only see them this much. When, you know, I, I think a lot of people do these like box checkings to like outsource right. their own insecurities. Well, and, you've said this before too. It's like relationships are like sharks. If you're not like moving forward, then you're dot, you're dead. To, totally. You know? and, and, well, that's that's a Woody Allen line. That's not me. That's yeah. so. Oh. <laughs> yeah. What if I just oh, stole Woody Allen line? You know, so, no, I, <laughs> I mean, he's one you could probably get away with now. Considering. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I would say to to this. You know, so like, it's interesting that her version of what is moving along the relationship doesn't match his. Like to her, she's like, we FaceTime two to three times a week. When we get out, we get out. You know, like then we'll do all that other stuff. And like, it's funny to me that he sounds like, and I know this is like making some assumptions and digging into this email word for word. But when I read that, so when are we actually going to hang out with me again? It does feel like he's insecure and doesn't know. Um, it, it, it it's it's to me it's him wanting to have sex, of course, but I don't. It doesn't seem like he understands how. Maybe it it feels like he thinks their connection is different than she's trying to make the connection. Does that make sense? Like he's his his markers for how the relationship is progressing is very are different than hers, or that. But also that he could only see this as like we're just fucking. Like I thought we were gonna like oh, be doing the right. Fucking well, that's what I'm thing. saying that's kind of the beauty of dating in quarantine, which is I think the like really nice little benefit if you're if you're a woman looking for a relationship. Yeah. Um, I think it's a great way to weed this kind of guy out if you're like yeah. Uh, you're like I am. Do not feel comfortable doing that. I really, I really like you. I enjoy like talking to you every day. But I'm not ready for a physical relationship given everything going on. And you could, I think, you can gauge by uh, someone's reaction to that whether they're looking for that too. It's like a great scenario, just gifted to us, sure, to to, to test out like men's true intentions. Well, I think you're absolutely right. And I also think remember there was like a maybe a year ago I was trying to like. I was trying to discuss 
this whole thing of like how the dating apps gave um, nerds a free ticket yeah, right. to be studs. Feeling like they're cool. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, to me, this is the example. Like, this guy is kind of a loser. He's lost <laughs> his magical power to meet new women on a nightly basis because you can't open new. You can't open new clients right now. You you can, but you really can't open and close a, a, a sexual partner in one night. Like, that right. ghost is kind of gone, which is interesting to me. Like, so that like when we get these emails when people are writing to us like all all the fuck boys are coming back all these exes are DMing me it's because they can't get sexual uh, they have to go to past clients they got to go to past clients you got to go to the old book <laughs> of business and see if any of them will come so to me like this is like it's interesting because I I remember when we talked about this like these nerd and I didn't know how to say it then but it's like becoming clearer now like especially via this email where this is a nerd. This is a nerd who lost his superpower to be able to meet girls that could end up being a one night stand. And now he's gone along with you for all these days because what else is he going to fucking do? And then finally he reveals himself as like, when are we going to fuck? <laughs> and, it's like, <laughs> and it's like, dude, um, I'm here to get to know you and I'm doing that. Like, he right. doesn't even realize that he's growing a relationship in an appropriate way. Yeah, that's like kind of the sad thing about the whole email is that, you know, there's no there's no sense of that on his part. But yeah, if I were her, I would say to him, like, listen, you're, you're like you're making I'm feeling a little uncomfortable with like how aggressively you're trying yeah. to make me do something that I don't really feel comfortable doing. If you're looking for that, like right now, perhaps like this isn't the match because like I'm not ready to do anything physical yet. So um, like I'm happy to keep talking to you every day and like I guess we can see where things things are after this. But like if that that's what you're looking for before I'm ready, then like we might not be a good match for each other. Yeah, I, I think it's also like it's it's OK. It's not OK. The whole judging other people's social distancing thing is like a slippery slope to me. Like, right, I'm it, saying I don't think she should judge him. I think she could no. say, this is what I want to do. Sure. And, and, and again, this is like paying for the date. If a guy doesn't pay for the date and it makes you put off, that's okay, cool. that's cool. If a guy doesn't want to social distance and that puts you off, yeah, that's cool too. The guys have very different philosophies on this thing. And that will extrapolate to other things and is probably the reason you're not the match. Right. So I think... Uh, that's, yeah, that's the move. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. 
What I love about Shopify is basically how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. I know we use Shopify here at Betches. And honestly, anyone with any kind of business could really benefit from Shopify. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklyn, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash betches, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash betches now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash betches. <laughs> Let's do one more email. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. UUP at Betches.com. UUP at Betches.com. Hey, J&J. I'm a diehard day one listener. I took my boyfriend to UUP Live in Boston back in November. Remember, that felt like years ago. Oh, my God. It's a different life. Right? Yeah. That UUP Boston show. That was a great show, though. Oh, what a great show. With the, the girl who gave the, um, the text from the guy who was cheating on his wife. Oh, yeah. That got mad at her. I think that one's up. If you guys want to go back and listen to a good episode, that was really fun. You guys are the best. Thank you for consistently uh, fun, informative, and entertaining content. I'm 23 and almost financially ready to move out of my parents' house. My boyfriend is turning 27 soon and talks about wanting to move in with me all the time, which would be amazing because we have been semi-long distance from the start. He lives about an hour away from me on a good day with no traffic. He's north of Boston in a city... Uh, in a city, and I'm on the South Shore in the suburbs. Um, for reference, he lives with his best friend and his fr- best friend's girlfriend at the moment, and it sucks. They're cramped in a small apartment, and the girlfriend basically moved herself in, but that's another story. So being on her own would be so relieving. My question is, what do you guys think about moving out from my parents' house straight in with my boyfriend? Is this too much of a leap? His lease is up in October. Here, here's the lease conversation. <laughs> here's there we where, go. Yeah, it all comes full circle. This is like when people get together right now. Like this is uh, back to the uh, to the you know quarantine conversation. People are like doing this thing where they're like, well, we got together, but we both isolated for two weeks. Like they do their own rationalization. For why right. they're okay to get together, but they can be mad at other people for not getting to, for for not social distance. They see people at the park and they're like, "Look at these idiots!" And it's like, "No, but we're okay because we social distance." It's like that's the least right. conversation. Like everyone thinks they're like everyone thinks that they're not the asshole at the party. Yeah, exactly. But when, like no one who's like, "I'm going to go to this party and I'm going to be the worst person there." Yeah, <laughs> and no one thinks that. Yeah, you're the right. you're the hero. His lease yeah. is up in October. And we will have been dating for a year and a half-ish at this point. I know we have several months to go and anything could happen, but moving out is on my radar for sure. As exciting as the prospect of living with him is to me, I'm feeling a little nervous. In the back of my mind, I'm thinking that maybe I should settle in somewhere on my own first to establish some independence. But I still would love to live with him, and I'm afraid the distance will become more and more challenging. Does this make sense? I'd love to hear what you guys think. Thanks. What do you think? 
What do I think of Matt moving in to your boyfriend's apartment from your parents' house? Um, I mean, I think that you could look at it many ways. On the one hand, like that's what women used to do all the time. Sure. In like up until probably like 1980 yeah, like yeah. you go from like your mom's house to your husband's house and that was just like how you did things mm-hmm. um i think it depends like how independent you are I, I get the need for like to like find yourself and be your own person first i think it would really depend if i were her i would look at like do i live with my parents and does that is that the only thing that i do that makes me feel like i'm not independent or am I? Is my mom doing my laundry and making my meals? Yeah. And I rarely leave the house except for to see my boyfriend, because that to me indicates like a different level of like I'm never gonna figure out who I am on my own situation. Sure. Then like yeah, I live with I I live at my parents' house, but you know I work in the city and I'm constantly out and I like pay for all my own stuff and I do my own thing and like in that case I think it would be like okay you you do feel like you are an established person who has their own like sense of the world. And it's that seems like a different scenario than the one where it's like I live at home and my family is my life and my parents still do yeah. everything for me like I'm 16. Well, a lot of it <laughs> just you got your 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 old race car bed in the in the room. <laughs> you got you got your teeny you got your Justin Timberlake poster on the wall. I I I think also like a lot of this is like you know. Well, this is a podcast of luxury issues. So like um, it is a luxury and it's funny that like as I'm, you know, listening to the email and I'm hearing what you have to say, it, it's funny that in my mind, I'm like, what's a year to live on your own and why not move close to him and be, you know, a little bit closer and see how this works out. Like what's the rush? Um, and also like, but then I'm like, Okay, well, maybe financially for her, the only way she gets out of her parents' house is if she splits it with him. And like a lot of times people moved in like this whole idea of like, oh, well, I move into my own apartment and then we sleep at each other's place four times a week. Like that's a financially like and I throw away six months of rent. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like, like, (laughs) Like that's a financially like privileged place to be in. Like a lot of times, like when you talk about like in 1980, you'd move from like the the you know the parents to the husband's house right. that was also financially related yeah you so weren't like really having a job where you could pay your own rent exactly right. so like you know a lot of that had to do it wasn't like you know a lot of it was you know because of the horrors of the world but some of that was due to like yeah this is how we afford things is that people team up and afford these things together right. but well, I I would say to her like if she has I. I would never want to feel like I am um, in a relationship. And this is kind of like back to the 1980s like thing. Like I would never want to feel like I, I was in a relationship I couldn't get out of. So like, but I'm so thinking like, you're, so you're saying like, so that she, she wouldn't, she has to feel like financially or like independent enough that she could survive without him. Exactly. Like, world. like, like she writes, like I wouldn't want to go from my parents' place where they pick up half the tab to his place where he picks up half the tab. And now you're in a relationship where you're like, but how will I ever move out? I'll have to go back to my parents' place. Like, I, I, mm-hmm. I think like, like, that's a good point. You know, like I, I, yeah. I just never, like you have all these people that are like, 
I'm in this relationship and we have a vacation planned in in June. So like I'm going to do the vacation and then I'm going to get out and then I think I'm going to end it. And you're like, I would never sign up for a vacation with someone that I couldn't cancel. Right. That you couldn't take the hit. I couldn't take the hit. Exactly. So it's like, and, and that's why a lot of people like stay in marriages. Like you are 23. You're at the point in your life where you can live for you and live selfishly like there people stay in marriages because they can't afford to move out of the house and they can't afford to like pay for pay for the kids so they're just like i'm gonna stay in this and it's like that could be the reality for anyone listening to this myself included but for now while i can avoid that i'm gonna be in relationships that i don't feel um stuck in i think that's like the, the because when you're not stuck you love better. You're a better you, decision maker. <laughs> a way better decision maker. I mean, like, I, I'm very lucky with comedy. Like, I've, I've always made decisions on, like, am I going to have fun doing that thing? Right. And that has freed me in so many ways. Like, the power to say no, that is such a freeing thing. So, like, when she says, like, I am, um, I'm almost financially ready to move out of my parents' house, this is on her mind, too. She writes, I'm 23 and I'm almost financially ready to move out of my parents' house. Now, is she thinking of herself being financially ready because of the boyfriend? Is is it because... Or, right, she could do it. Like, if they broke up tomorrow, would she still move out? Exactly. So, that's why, for me, I'm like, I would, if I'm her, I'd be doing all the math as a single person. Right. And she's probably worried in some senses about, like, offending him by, you know, moving out and not moving in with him. Um, I could say personally, like, um, well, so when Mike and I were dating here, when I met him, he had roommates, um, and I lived alone and then my lease was, you know, was ending and, um, well, his lease was ending before my lease. And I was like, well, you should just move into my studio and we'll live here. And he's like, well, actually like, I've never really lived alone and I would like really like to see like what that is. I can afford it now. Like I'd love to like do that so like i'd rather i'm gonna like sublet until your lease ends sure um and then we'll do that so he lived he had his own apartment that he sublet for like six months in my in my mind i'm like that seems like a financially kind of like weird idea considering we like hang out all the time and we're just now paying for two studios which is very expensive (laughs) um but i think that that made him feel like okay like i want to know that i could and that i like absolutely right that i and i it was i'm not going to say it wasn't offensive at all because i think there was a level inside me that was like oh you're going to like go live alone when you're like leaving and we've been dating over a year yeah. but i think now looking back i'm like yeah that was great i'm so glad he got to like do that cuz like hopefully he'll never do that again yeah well <laughs> that and it's also like the act of like going through that like like i you know you don't know things until you go through them like you and i didn't know how to use zoom and tape a podcast and now we're pros because we had to become pros i think moving out of your parents place to your own place there's a lot of positives to take from that there's a lot of positives also getting a roommate that isn't your boyfriend and like making it so that like frees you up financially so it's not like you guys are paying now instead of paying two rents you're paying you know half a rent each and then it's not as big a waste of money you know right. like there are ways to i think you there's can also, a middle ground you can also experiment with learning how to live with even another person let alone like a boyfriend or girlfriend like 
you can now figure out what it's like to like because that's its own game too is like yeah you know splitting up responsibilities of living together figuring out how to carve out your own space that's a skill that you might want to learn before you actually move in with like someone for real absolutely i mean like i'm getting now i'm getting used to back to having a roommate like i was living <laughs> alone i mean like i <laughs> i noticed it and like now i eat at night less like i now i notice how much i was eating at night because i now you have live someone with there to shame you uh yeah exactly mm-hmm. like i i will bring like a cup of crackers to the bed and then eat them like so quietly like little tiny crunches and i'm like man when i was living alone i was like seven popcorns deep because <laughs> like there was no one there to go I, I, like there was one night where jess I made allows pop- eating in the bed she <laughs> a little bit i don't know yeah. i don't allow eating in bed the, the, <laughs> well then that's why mike looks so good i i'm fucking fat fuck <laughs> I, because I, 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 well, I've been like losing weight because at night it's like kind of embarrassing to do the damage that I could do. Like one night I made popcorn and it burnt and it was like two in the morning. And I just remember she came out and like, I was like, fuck, it burnt. It smelled. And I was like, I hope it doesn't smell in the bedroom. I hope it doesn't smell. And, and Jess comes out and she's like, she's like, what's going on here? What, what did you burn? <laughs> and I'm like, it's a popcorn. I made some. Why are you making popcorn? It's two in the morning. I'm like, I, I don't know. I got a little. Hu- You're hungry. We ate like four hours ago. And I'm like, and like, I had to answer all the questions. But it's, yeah, me- it's really like it's really like also like the internal voice inside you that already like was kind of asking yourself that, but you could turn <laughs> off. But now it's like in front of you shouting yeah. at you. <laughs> I was ra- I could rationalize it like no popcorn's a fiber. You don't have that much, <laughs> you know. Like and and but then she's asking these questions. I'm like, yeah, you're right. I'm a fucking idiot. That that's why married men live longer. Is that why? <laughs> yeah, I probably. Yeah, I mean, I don't. <laughs> who knows. <laughs> Let's they do, do that. say that that's true, though. That could be do why. They? It's because there's someone there just screaming at them to like go eat healthy. When I was living alone, I mean, just ridiculous with the rationalization. Every every movie with a man living alone, he's like in disgusting squalor of like <laughs> you know, like I'm thinking about like the wrestler or like. Even that, like reason. once upon a time in Hollywood, you think of like Brad Pitt in that movie, like with the dog just feeding him like from the can. It's gross. There's a reason because <laughs> it's true. Let's do. <laughs> let's play some games. Okay, red flag or deal breaker? You've been in a steady relationship for a year, and they address your parents as mom and dad to their face. They do that without being told to do that. Yeah, like you bring Jess home and she's like, hey, mom and dad, like, what's up? Like, how can I help with dinner? <laughs> I, I I get weirded out when people call their own mom and dad mom and dad without saying my or our. Oh, like, like, refer, like refer to their parents. As mom and dad. Like if they were like, right. yeah, mom and dad. And I'm like, no, 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 your mom and dad, not mine. Like, right. it's like, this is, so, yeah, like, you're, like, they're mom and dad for the whole community. Like, no, no, right. no, no. Like, we're not siblings. No, <laughs> we're not siblings. So, like, I, I, uh, this is a little too fast. We'd have to have a conversation. Like, did you call my parents mom? And I would, like, call it out in front of them. Right. I'd be like, did you just call my mom mom? It'd be a very bold move. Right? Yeah. I, I don't know. I'd be turned off by it a little bit. What about you? 
I agree. I think it would be like, it would be like almost like a little too earnest. Like it's almost like what it's, it's weird enough to even hear someone like say your parents' names or like, you know, two of yeah. them. Like, do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, uh, just like when, when they're, t- when they're referring, it's always weird to just hear someone like say their yeah. name. So hey, like, even Kim. If, yeah right (laughs) yeah it is a little weird i don't know right i feel like people try to avoid doing that like at all costs so to call them mom and dad would be like an extra layer (laughs) it's like a deal breaker but i think yeah i think you'd have to call them out and like see if they insisted on it did you ever grow up with those people that were like too comfortable with adults too quick and you were like can you just be uh an anxious kid for five fucking seconds Right, not to talk to my mom, Susan, about the about like the game coming up or like yeah. who's dating who. <laughs> yeah, like get out of here. You're not her fucking buddy who she drinks Chardonnay with. <laughs> right. Let's yeah, do another. Yeah, no, I, I definitely know that. Okay. They donate 10% of their income to their sorority fraternity alumni association. Instead of the church. I. Uh, <laughs> this would be a deal breaker for me. I, I can't. If I found that out, that to me, that's the same as taking ten percent of your paycheck and lighting a flame under it, like right. Especially it's also like kind of sad. Young age. I think it's sad. Like, listen, you're older, you're a millionaire, you want to come back to the old jaunt, you know, the old, you know, whatever, the old house, and you want to donate a plaque. Go ahead. But if you're 24 and you're ultra involved, and it's like you get. What are you getting out of that? Like, I, f- I feel like it represents living in the past. Yeah. I mean, some people work at their sorority fraternity thing. That's a different thing. Like, if you're on the board, like, to me, like, that is your giving. You know? Right. Like, like you're on the board and you give 10% every year. Like, you're okay. Like, wh- that could have been savings for our kids college like that's where right, the money's not going beer for like the sig the lambda chi formal <laughs> mixer well i would assume that the money goes towards like a scholarship or you know like <laughs> natty lights <laughs> to the natty light fun um what if it was just their college are you fine is that okay i can't understand that either like these people that give money to the colleges <laughs> The colleges can go fuck themselves. I. What are you gonna like? That's like, basically what I would say whenever I got a call from my college, being like, "Yeah, would you like to donate?" And I'm like, "No, there's I like ma- yeah. millionaires you could call." <laughs> yeah. Well, also, do I want to donate? What? Do I, uh, no, I'd like a more resourceful career section that didn't help me when I fucking graduated. That's what I want. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know how to use the web. Yeah. <laughs> so send me a donation. I lost work. <laughs> like I, 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 I don't know. These colleges are like have a lot of balls, and like now they're starting to go out of business, and I'm kind of happy about it. Like they all, you know, I don't know. I, I people get weird about their colleges, so I know I'm gonna get like DMs and stuff. And like I, I'm a Penn State guy. I love Penn State. I love the people I went to school with. But that that was my experience. We move on. Like Penn State should be okay on its own, you know. And if they're not, <laughs> then they fucked up, <laughs> you know. Like right. Or like, it's your fault for not turning me into a person who had the means to donate yeah. to you. Yeah. Who's, <laughs> <laughs> whose fault is it, Penn State? You know? <laughs> I made fun of Indiana University on my Instagram the other day. And man, people get so fucking pissed. People who went there love, love Indiana. Well, I went to... I, I was in Bloomington for shows. It's a beautiful town. I totally understand why people I've been to love, Little Five. 
You've been a little five. So you, I, you get it. Like when you see it, yeah. you're like, this is a great school. But for some reason, Indiana itself, the, the people who went to that business school, they really have to let you know that it's a good business school. And you're like, okay, relax. Like, it's like, <laughs> you're not even, you're not Michigan. You, there's other business schools. Like, it's almost as like these Indiana people don't realize that like we all know other schools that are better. Release the Hoosiers on Jared. Yeah, yeah, I know. They're coming Sorry. for you. <laughs> so, yeah. Just because Mark Cuban went there doesn't mean that you're all fucking, you know, geniuses. You know, like. That was, you're just preempting the DMs you're going to get about I know, Mark yeah, Cuban. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Michael Jordan played for the Bulls. Everyone in Chicago isn't a great basketball player. <laughs> Boom. Roasted. Um, <laughs> okay. Last one. They call the cops on people they see not practicing social distancing or wearing masks outside. Deal breaker. Out. Like, I, I, I think what people are doing, and, and again, what do you think, Jordana? Because I'm about I to... Agree. I definitely agree that it's a deal breaker. I'm not about to be policed myself. So Yeah, I, like... Yeah. It, I'm in a finger... glass house also. Like, yeah. I, you, know, you never know what you're doing wrong until you do it. <laughs> when the finger points, three point back at yourself. So it's like, yeah, I'm not looking to get people in trouble as monsters. I don't want people to get me in trouble. And I'm trying... Look, I, I live by the the... I live by the adage or the motto that everyone's 10% away from each other. So I'm trying, I'm assuming someone's trying within 10% of me and who am I to judge? Um, I think there's a lot of like, again, like we see on the news, the people on the extreme of all sides of things. So you think everyone's acting in the extreme and it's like, I think we're all trying and no one wants to hurt anybody. Like I, I posted this tweet and the tweet was something like, um, a lot of you guys treat social distancing like you did all the homework in high school and then you asked the teacher to collect it. Like, <laughs> and and I, that is meaning. Now I want an audit. I want yeah. <laughs> exactly. So it's like, yeah. that isn't to mean that people shouldn't social distance. I, I think it's like we're living in a time right now and it's like the perfect time to be millennial sensibility is made for what's going on right now. Millennial sensibility is like, I want to be right. I want to be on the team of good and I, I'm going to do my homework and I'm going to hand it in and I'm going to get the grade. And it's like, I think boomers are really ill formed for this. Like I think boomers like they're, they're revealing themselves through all this stuff, mm -hmm. but I, not to go on and on, but I'm saying like, um, it's like, a lot of people are using this to show that they're good. They're, they want to call other people out so that they're on the team good. And it's like, it's a lot harder to talk to your dad about social distancing than it is to tweet how mad you are at people at the park, is my point. Right. It's also kind of like, to me, it seemed everyone, no one is perfect. And we've all probably done something that someone could have snapped a picture of and, and, can, and deemed like not the best we're thing. trying. So, We're all right, yeah. trying. You know, I know the news shows people not trying, but that's the news, and they have a different goal they gotta, in mind. Right, they need the ratings. Yeah. So, Jordana, this was a blast. Thank you, uh, everyone, for listening. Keep sending your emails, uup at betches.com. Uh, Jordana, anything to talk about? Anything else going on? I don't know if you guys have tried out the, the new ship um, features, but they're really great. There's video... There's uh there's really cool zoom backgrounds 
in there. And also, we just launched Mention It All podcast, which is our Bravo podcast. You guys should also check that out. How about you, Jared? Uh, tomorrow, um, I'm doing a, another live uh, show. So if you want to come, link in my bio and my Instagram. Um, 10 bucks, lots of fun. It's a little bit of a change of pace. There it is. Bye. That's our episode. Boom. You Up is hosted by Jared Freed. And Jordana Abraham. Our editor is Sean Kilby. Social media by Abby Lloyd. Artwork by Brittany Levine. Our podcast managers are Mike Coscarelli and Sean Kilby. Be sure to follow us at at UUPpod on Instagram. And email your questions to UUP at Betches.com. Thank you to our sponsor, Netflix. Bridgerton is back. And dearest gentle readers, you will not want to miss this chapter. Longtime friends Colin Bridgerton and Penelope Featherington find themselves in quite the precarious situation. The wallflower is ready to bloom, but she needs Colin's help to find a marriage match. Will these friends defy expectations to find true love? And will Penelope's secret identity as Lady Whistledown destroy any chance she may have at love? You shall have to watch and see. Watch part one of Bridgerton only on Netflix, May 16th. Betches.